Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clawson's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you. Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Walkett. And by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Lines are open for your gardening questions and gardening comments. 244-1777 is the 802 number. And here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife uh, came in this morning after walking the dog and said, you have to come out and take a look at this. And uh, she had seen a, it's like a swarm of bugs. It was like two feet across. Mm-hmm. And it was right at the base of one of the trees, a, a popple that was starting to, to, uh, starting to die after, uh, you know, it was pretty much reached its, uh, its, uh, life, you know, end of life. It was huge, probably about, oh, 18 inches around or so. But, uh, so by the time we got there, back, the whole mass of bugs had, were, were climbing up the tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea what they were. They were just black. It wasn't like a swarm of bees or anything like that. But what if, I don't know, she just got lucky to happen to see this, you know, on her walk. And uh, I don't know if anybody else has ever seen anything like that, but it was it was a new one on me. Tiny little bugs? Uh, yeah, they were sort of a uh, little bit smaller than a housefly. Yeah, but they did have wings, and they were sort of narrow and black. And then right along with them was just like a mass of teeny tiny little spider-like looking things. And uh, it was hard to figure if it was all the same thing at different stages or different things or whatever. But it was it was just quite a... Uh, a spectacle of of nature, uh, just amazing. I've been noticing uh, smaller sw- swarms about a foot mm-hmm. across or a foot, mm-hmm. or, or a foot in circumference, a circular. And uh, but they were just tiny little. 
Well, the light shines on them, so they look mm-hmm. lighter. They, they certainly weren't black, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, the bugs are out there. One thing I've noticed is that uh, I have uh, hummingbird feeders, Yeah. and um, it seems like there's only, you know, uh, two humming, two male hummingbirds, and they spend yep. most of their time chasing each other away than, <laughs> than actually, you know, sharing uh, the fact that there's plenty for everybody. Uh, they are fighting little guys. There's no yep. question about it. They, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll sort of dive bomb your head if you you're in the way of their flowers, and then, like you say, they'll be dive bombing each other if they're, you know, if they're close enough. <laughs> and, and the thing that I've noticed too is that on one of my feeders, the uh, they're in competition with uh, some bees, mm. not, mm. not the honey bees, but mm-hmm. the little tiny uh, orange, you know, um, uh, yellowish. Yeah. Uh, yellow, we used to call them yellow jackets. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and they they actually are chasing each other away. The the the, the yellow jackets will will fly at the hummingbird. And the hummingbird is just dart <laughs> off. But then when the when the bee kind of gets far enough away, hummingbird comes back. Oh, and gets the taste of it. I, to, to, to people feeding hummingbirds, you know the the uh, the, the uh, sugar water will will ferment after a couple of days. So certainly every three days. So who needs it. who needs to watch a boxing match when yeah. you can watch this live at your window? I know it's. A, it's, 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 it's really amazing, and I've noticed that if you, uh, what, what I do is I fill each of my feeders only partially mm-hmm. so that I'm not pouring away tons of sugar that uh, you know, yeah. I make. And, yeah. and cha- I change them every day now. Oh, wow. Because I, I'm so enjoying this show, you know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what we, fun. We should turn this over to our listeners, huh? Well, any time. Welcome to call at 244-1777. Now, as I understand you were saying, that's a, uh, that's, Toll free now, if well, you well, can, no, I or think, do you eight oh two or depending on. Well, what what is the toll free line? You have it right there. Yeah, it's one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Yep, that works. Uh, it, it, they all step to one another as mm-hmm. far as me answering them here. Oh, okay. So, so all right, it, good. You know, but uh, if 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 uh, if you are being charged for a a phone call on either your landline or or your data line or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, t- dial the toll free it certainly works i have no idea though with the way that the telephone plans are set up these days that you know this is a local a, call but it's a whole different world out there for I'm, sure I'm, I'm, I'm confused you know? so uh tuesday night we we um designated as our pesto night my my son and uh, his girlfriend came over and we made um we made well. We we harvested about half of my four by four bed, which is about sixteen plants worth, and we did uh, eight batches um, of uh, of pesto. And each batch is uh, two cups of pesto smashed into a, you know, a two cup into two cups. So it's it's packed in. So it's real solid. And then. Uh, Oh, about a half a cup of parsley, and then a quarter cup of walnuts, and uh, uh, a cup of uh, olive oil, and an eighth of a teaspoon of um, of citric acid. And anyway, it's all blended together with the garlic and and uh, all that stuff. And so we made between those probably about thirty or forty little half cup containers. And uh, put them in the freezer. We, was, we use a ice cube uh, tray. Yep, yep, yep. We have some of those, and and uh, we will. Um, the only thing about that is my wife loves to give it away, so she <laughs> wants it in a little container that she can give away. Well, I, yeah, I've 
I, I've noticed in the past uh, that, well, first of all, they're wonderful. You just pop them into soup. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. You know, and if the person who made the soup kind of notices that I throw two of them in and then also add a little hot sauce, <laughs> <laughs> then I get, then I hear it from the chef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too it, many cooks, it, right? It, it could give a boost. Anything. We, we, we have a, a lady with a oh. zucchini question. Oh, great. So great. Let's head, let me, let's head off to Nancy in, should have set this up. Nancy in uh, Morrisville. Hey, Nancy. Hello, and thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> my, I'm a pretty much a novice gardener, and question being, uh, the zucchinis, um, we've had some stem collapse, um, both at the place where the leaf stem mm-hmm. meets the main stem, mm-hmm. and also where the main stem uh, grows out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And at your suggestion... I don't know, last week or recently anyway, mm-hmm. I um, slit the stem after it was cut off. I slid it to look into it to see if there were beetles in there. And actually, Judy Clark had offered a suggestion that there might be a bug, too. Um, what I found was it was quite mealy at the site. And when I looked really closely, I realized there were little pinpoint size bugs. Mm. The littlest ones were white. Mm-hmm. The biggest ones were tan, maybe. Okay. And I don't have a computer and can't get to a library, so I don't really have a way to reference what the problem might be. Is that anything you're familiar with? Uh, I have to say, it's uh, I'm scratching my head right now. I'm not sure what it is. It's So they're little white bugs, huh? Well, yeah, they're crawly things. I mean, I would have needed a magnifying glass to be able to ID them any better. Um, but, yeah, they were living inside the stem and apparently, you know, eating at the stem because it was, oh, it was like the texture of a hot cereal in a way. Okay. Yeah, no, now, so you say they're inside the... Um, inside the uh uh, the plants are under the leaves. Oh, no, no, no. It was inside the stem. Inside the, the stem. Thing, okay. I cut the stem after I removed it. Uh-huh. Uh, I cut into the stem from the healthy end yeah. and worked my way toward the collapsed part, and that's where I found these things. <laughs> and it was not easy to see them. Yeah, okay. Uh, boy, I, I'm gonna say those must be, uh, the, the, um, nymph of the squash bug. Uh, uh-huh. they, the, the squash bug is a, uh, is white in its infancy and then, then when it matures it becomes that ugly looking grub in there. Okay. Um, so, but this seems a little late in the season for them to be just like that. But anyway, they they're definitely attacking your um, attacking your your squash plants. And, yeah, I. Oh, go ahead. Uh, if you have a, a neem oil or a, oh, I do. A, okay, yeah. something like that should at least set them back. I don't know if it, your plant will be able to recover. But um, that would be um, either that or the spinosad with the Captain Jet's dead bug, um, or you know those would probably be your best bets to start with anyway. 
Um, oh, I'm okay. sorry. That's uh, that's really <laughs> disappointing. Um, it is. Uh, we haven't had great yields, but uh-huh. which is <laughs> kind of frustrating. But oh yeah, uh, I know the ones we've had have been very healthy. Yep, and okay. uh, that's uh, that's the. That's the tough part of gardening is you really have to, you know, you have to take the good with the bad for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, so, you know, it's hard to say what really causes that specifically. Um, If it's a new garden, then it just came from somewhere outside. If it's an older garden, sometimes it's, uh, it's, there's an infestation in the soil and you need to remedy that. But... The you know today's solution is the same. You're just going to have to spray with one of those or the one or the other. Okay, neem, and then the other one was. Um, it's the it's a called spinosad is is the technical name of for it. It's like a, a bacillus that makes the bugs sick. Um, oh. One of the brand it's sort of like BT or thergicide that you use for okay. the cabbage worm. And yeah. some people say you can use the BT for the cat, for the squash bug, but I'm not so sure. Um, it's not really, I think you're better off with the Spinosad, which is, uh, one of the brand names of it is Captain Jack's Dead Bug. Oh yeah, I do know of that. Okay. So, um, that, that would be, that would probably be my first choice. So. Okay, um, and I think you mentioned it, and I did not retain it, with mm-hmm. tomatoes. Why is it that as they ripen, they crack? Is it touch moisture all at once? Well, uh, w- what you'll find is that if um, a couple of different things, it's not too much moisture, it's too much moisture all of a sudden. So if you've had a dry spell and you get a really long, hard rain, it, yep. it could crack. Um, if you have a dry spell and you're only watering sort of occasionally, that, you know, that could, uh, that could crack. Now, for some reason this year, I haven't had much problem with, with cracking, but I've been really diligent about getting out there and picking them, uh, just slightly before they're dead ripe. And so they usually crack once they're dead ripe. So if you get in there and just put them in a bowl and let them ripen up for a couple of days, um, that seems to me, to me, is the best situation. Now, it's usually with cherry tomatoes, you have more problem with it than regular old, uh, you know, garden p- tomatoes. At this point, yes. What's that? At this point, yes, it is the cherry tomatoes. Yeah, yeah right. The, so um, just get out there every day and pick anything that looks like it's just about ripe. It might even have a slightly green top, but uh, pick them off and let them ripen indoors, and, and you won't have problems with cracking. Okay, that's good to know because mm-hmm. I've got a lot of sweet 100s, and I love them. <laughs> and I generally I try not to pick any mm-hmm. fruit or vegetable yep. until it comes yeah. Almost literally falls off in my hand. Right, yeah. The dead ripe, as you want to call it. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the risk that you run, uh, by going for the dead ripe is that, you know, they, they may become dead ripe and then crack. So, you know, it, it's a trade-off. I, I, <laughs> I like to leave them until they're dead ripe too, but then I realize that. There's a good chance I might, they might crack. So, and particularly we've had such erratic, you know, really dry, dry spells. And for the most part, it seems to me like the um, 
the soil's pretty dry right now and has been for most of the summer except for occasional you know deep soaking rain i can only think one or two so far so yeah so the uh, uh the other thing that you can do is go ahead and water twice a week particularly now where it's so hot in august um and that should help to keep a you know a, a constant moisture that you won't have the extremes that you have by watering once a week or you know, there being a heavy rain. Yeah, I go along with a hand cultivator and stir up the soil, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling weeds or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's also so that I can check the the, the dryness of the soil. And I water rather frequently, Mm -hmm. um, so I will keep that in mind. I I mean, I I probably water several times a week the way it has been. Okay, well, that's that's great. Just just pick those tomatoes a little sooner, and then you won't have a problem with cracking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, okay, Nancy, thanks for the call. Much appreciated. Okay. Thank you, for help. Th- thank you. and uh, we're going to go to uh, Ripton, Tammy and Ripton with a question. Hey, Tammy. Hi. Um, so I've had a problem with bowls this year, and part of the, I think, part of the basis of the problem was I have problems with my back and knees. So a friend gave me some raised beds that I stacked three high, we filled the bottom of them with some um, old wood and then put a compost soil mixture on top. Yeah. Um, I planted cucumbers in each of the beds along with some squash and tomatoes and other things, and the voles started coming out and feasting. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. I ended up finally resorting to traps, and we seem to yep. have it under control. Yep. So I'm looking forward to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've read is that the best way to keep them from coming up from under, because um, we put the wood in so we wouldn't need quite so much soil, yeah. is to put down some fine wire. And I've read some things that have said use a landscaping cloth in addition to the fine wire, mm-hmm. um, small squares, or just use the wire. Do you have any advice? Um, they even in the lawn they came over to where my um, pole beans were on a just a regular raised bed on the mm-hmm. ground mm-hmm. and severed my pole beans. Oh jeez. Yeah, they've been. I mean, the, and the ones that we ended up trapping were very well fed. You probably could have made a few coats out of them. Um, <laughs> So I'm just looking for some advice on how to keep it from happening. I, I think that's year. a moleskin coat. I don't think it's a moleskin coat. Um, yeah, but they're dev- you, trust me, we could have made something else. I, I trust you. Um, I think your approach with the trapping is probably the, your best bet. Um, frankly, uh, they say that a vole or a mouse can get through something that's an eighth inch square. Right. So um, no matter what you're going to put down there, they will find a way in if they're there. Now, it it, it may be what you have to do is just sort of set back the um, uh, set back the 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 colony of of uh, voles that you have. You -hmm. apparently have you know have a pretty good colony and and uh, if it's well, not not anymore. They seem to be all gone. (laughs) Um, And we actually had two of them in separate beds drag a trap into under into their tunnel. Yeah. And yeah. we've just left them there so yep. they can be a warning, I guess. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, what was it? Uh, um, Elliot Coleman used to you, he he describes for his greenhouses because he had quite a vole problem in his mm-hmm. greenhouses, and he made a little wooden box that had sort of just a partition in it, so it was a slight maze, 
And then he put the trap in that, and and uh, he put the strawberry chewing gum in the in the trap, oh. <laughs> and they seem to really go for that. Uh, and uh, some people say that you know the chewing gum, you know, the, like a strawberry chewing gum, if you leave it in their holes, they'll eat it, and it makes them sick. But yeah, you know, whatever. The traps to me it makes the most sense because you know they're they're it's you know seems to yeah, be. Yeah, I tried garlic stuff. oil spears oh, yeah, in no. the tunnels, yeah. I, and the one bed that I put like twelve garlic. Mm-hmm. oil spears into mm-hmm. they moved away from for a while yeah, sure. and then they came back yeah. but i had one bed where they severed 14 cucumber vines oh, not man, all at I'm once so sorry. Just, you know torture um, yeah just, yeah yeah but the yeah. other two vines the other two boxes have come back and some friends lent me not let me gave me some cucumbers so i could do my pickling because that's mm. my primary oh yeah goal with those so um, what are you doing for pickles well uh, um let's see i did I've done 16 pints of bread and butter. Um, I've done zucchini relish, which isn't related to them. I've uh-huh. done cucumber relish. Um, I have some mm. refrigerator pickles that I just found a recipe for, which is garlic, onions, and cucumbers and a hot brine, and then you refrigerate them, mm. and it's really full of garlic. I've got a gallon in my fridge right now. And I've done three-quarters of a gallon of sour mustard pickles on Ooh. top of the counter. Oh, man. I have a great recipe from Maine that's really simple, and they just sit there for a week, and now they're in the fridge, and they'll be good for a while. Oh, that's great. I'm making, uh, when I get home, uh, I'm going to make uh, dilly beans this afternoon. I have, my my beans are ready, so it's it's time. Yeah, my beans got et, so uh, uh, the, the, they they I'm snapped sorry. off my pole beans that I was going to use for the dilly beans, and mm. um, I've got some jars of dilly beans from uh, two years ago still, so we'll rely on those, yeah. and yeah. that'll be next year, and the next thing I'm doing is um, getting cabbage from my CSA for sauerkraut for the year. Oh, I was just going to say, my wife is making sauerkraut this morning. Uh, we have a few cabbages that are ready to go, and she's... Uh, I matter of fact, I hated to leave her, you know, to yeah. come in. But um, the um, the cabbages are ready, and they look really nice. Uh, there's a couple of them that got some cabbage worms in them, a couple holes in them. But you peel off the leaves, and the insides are beautiful. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. I, I we get lovely produce from our CSA from Elmer Farms, so I'll oh. be using cabbages from them for that. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So, so, how many cabbages will you use to make your sauerkraut? Uh, 14 pounds worth. Oh, wow. And uh, so do you use like a harsh crock or do how do you do your sauerkraut? I use a um, one-gallon glass container. Uh-huh. And then I have a Picklemeister lock to put on top of it. Uh-huh. It's an airlock. You put a little. Yep. They say they, you can use water, but if you don't want it to mold, you can use a little vodka. But I've um, <laughs> been using water, and I've been fine through the years. Okay. Um, and then I use, um, I have a recipe that where I use salt, juniper, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Berries, um, celery seed. Oh, nice! Um, and then I get in there and I massage the cabbage a lot. With I do most of it by hand. Oh, um, great. And then I put them in, pack them into the lock jar, and mm-hmm. then cover them with a uh, surround the jar with a towel. Super, super. Put my lock on, and then they just burp themselves. You're making me making me hungry, Tammy. <laughs> well, uh, good luck with the voles, and I think that's the right approach anyway. Okay, well, uh, we'll just keep doing traps then. All right, kiddo. I'm sure we'll be happy not to unload the bed to <laughs> put a mat down. <laughs> My husband is thanking you and praising you over on the couch. Okay. <laughs> thank well, you thank so much. You. Yeah, take care now. Yep, bye-bye. Bye.
So we have uh, Mike in Rochester. Hey, Mike. Hey, we got some uh, garlic scapes from the neighbor. Yep. And we used them. We use them decoratively. Okay. In bouquets and stuff. Yeah. And um, now we've they have been they've been out on our table out on the deck, and they have uh, lost the the blossoms have lost the outside skins, and you can see the seeds. Yep. Yep. What do you do with the seeds? What oh no, I uh, that? mostly I just compost them. Uh, yeah. You can. Can you plant? Uh, yeah, but you won't ever really get a nice bulb from them unless you really are diligent about planting them and replanting them and dividing them and replanting them. Oh God, we're not diligent. No, <laughs> no. Uh, what you, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do is you can, you know, you can crush them and, and sort of make a garlic syrup out of them, you know, uh, in a strainer. Um, what I have done actually is, uh, for um you know in in the winter i do the indoor uh, salad gardening and uh-huh. uh i've used those to to do like um well like a garlic chive okay and yeah. grow them indoors and yeah. and uh so you you just have like this uh, garlic grass sort of like a chive grass you know sure and they're they're not you know you don't get a huge harvest out of it or anything like that but it's yeah. sure fun to see them grow and in December and January February anything green is welcome in the house in my house anyway <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, uh, using them as a seed stock uh, just forget it. it's not worth it it's definitely a waste of time for you okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I was going to go on the Internet, and then you guys, I was listening to you. I'll just call them. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, well the thing you. with the Internet is you'll get uh, you'll get 50 people who say one thing and 50 people who say the other thing, and you'll be just as confused. So yeah. I'll give you one answer, and that's don't bother. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Mike. Yeah, take Bye-bye. care. And uh, so we have repeat in Barry. Repeat and repeat. <laughs> so Joel is getting me on. Okay, we're good. That's good. Hey uh, Pete. Hey Pete. <laughs> uh, what I what I'm calling about is uh, uh, I had a situation in my blueberry bushes mm-hmm. recently. I went out and uh, we have early, middle, and late varieties, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, about. Uh, two-thirds of the way up, these are high bush. Yeah. And, and two-thirds of the way up, I noticed, I looked at, we had all kinds of blueberries. Yeah. And I noticed the chipmunk. Yeah, oh, yeah, up, sure. Up in the blueberries. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The... And so I scared it away. Yep, you rang the dinner bell, though. They'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I could have. You may, may or may not remember that a few weeks ago, I... I, I called in about a weasel, and I said, yep. well, hopefully that'll get the chipmunk. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, uh, so... We now have the answer to that one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they might take one or two, but they won't get the whole colony. Yeah, so, uh, oh, so do they, they live in colonies? Yeah, yeah, about 50, uh, 50 of them in a colony. They, they run about that. About that. So well, when you see one, think 50. Oh, <laughs> well, you just not made my day. I'm sorry, anyway. buddy, but it's no, just okay. a simple fact. It might only be 25, but sooner or later it'll be 50. So, uh, uh, what I, 
so I came in and I told my wife about the chipmunk, and mm-hmm. she said, "Well, I'll go out tomorrow and pick them." Yeah, yeah. And t- well, tomorrow and, uh, never came, right? <laughs> uh, well, Did they she, clean them out or what? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I uh, it, it surprised me because there were a lot of every ripe blueberry. Mm-hmm. Was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went through the and same it, thing with my strawberries, and it's so uh, maddening. <laughs> so, so you're it, you're thinking it was indeed the chipmunk. Oh yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, last week I saw the chipmunk actually climb up my trellis to the very top of my uh, my uh, sugar snap peas. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got to the top, the the pea vine actually let loose because he was too heavy. And then he leaned and leaned and leaned, and then he grabbed onto the sunflower, and he was up in the sunflowers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like a oh, use of a gun, you know. I was just, uh, I opened the window, and I yelled at him, you know, and he just looked at me and said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know. Yeah, if you can, right? The, uh, well, <laughs> so, what, so the only solution is to is to trap them, and I it's sort of like Tammy and I were just talking about with the voles. Is you, is you gotta you gotta cut down that colony a little bit. And yeah. uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, and there are a lot of different ways to trap them and to drown them, and you know whatever. There's just you if you go on the internet, it's just uh, it, you know. But well, the the yeah. simplest and easiest thing is to have some sort of a box. So your you know your local dogs don't get into the traps, but some sort of a box that they'll go in, and uh, peanut butter seems to work really well. Um, you know that's usually what I use because we it, it's an easy yeah, bait. On my on my earlier on my earlier call, mm-hmm. I the, the the Sunday after your show, yeah, the Sunday after your show, I went out and bought a rat trap, the big one. Oh yeah, the plastic ones that you recommend. Yep. And I said, okay. but on Monday is when I saw the weasel. Yep. And I said, well, I'm going to let Mother Nature take its course. <laughs> and hopefully. <laughs> so, so I kind of thought it was the it was the chipmunk because even blueberries that you know wasps have gotten into and yep. that sort of thing and yep. and were on the ground, mm-hmm. they were gone too. Yeah. Yeah, they cleaned house, that's for sure. Like I said uh, before, is you rang the dinner bell and they came. And uh, and uh, did they leave a thank you note or anything or a tip? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess I could check for poop. You see. could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be their thank you. I yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you, you, uh, you confirmed my suspicion. I mm-hmm. just didn't think that they'd be... We've never had them before. It seems like a bad year. For it's a bad year for them, yeah, no question about it. So do your part and uh, get out there and try to thin them out a little bit. Well, after seeing the weasel, I was reluctant to put the rat trap out. Yeah, don't be. <laughs> No, I don't the, want to get a weasel. The weasel will might might do a few and and you know, maybe one in a day, but it's it's definitely but, not gonna clean house. No, but I didn't want to kill the weasel in yeah. the rat trap. Oh yeah, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Is go ahead and put it in a box. That, okay. Uh, all right. And uh, well, I, th- I think that's I think that's the simplest solution. I mean, the, there are all kinds of different ways. Oh to, yes, yes. I you and know. I don't you know I don't you know I I I I'm told that with with rabies you can no longer. 
capture and release elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I've had this little conversation with one of my neighbors who said, oh no, they, they never killed the, the mice. They, they trapped them and then they drove them down the road and released them. And I said, well, you know, you drove them down the road and released them in my backyard. You do realize that. Yeah, <laughs> and she exactly. was mortified. She yeah. thought, oh my God, I just never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> so, you, you know. Um, Good day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, okay. take care, Pete. Noah is like a dream come true. She's sweet and unaffected. <laughs> Everything Noah seems to do is really unexpected. Noah has twinkling eyes of blue and cherry lips perfected. Everything nice like sugar and spices. Now, love. And here she is. <laughs> With twinkling eyes, is that what you said? Uh, hey, Nola. Good Welcome. Afternoon. Is, is it true that misery enjoys company? Uh, it sounds like all of us have a lot of critters enjoying yeah. our garden. That's our right. Garden, sure. It's very um, nice of us to do this for them. It, 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 well, in light of the summer and the spring of 2020, if somebody's happy, <laughs> why not, right? Right, why not? So I called you a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah, the yeah. grasshoppers are starting to, yeah. you know, ease up, and talked about the voles and moles in the greenhouse, and yeah. you'd mentioned the chewing gum. Yep. My husband zoomed off to the local candy store <laughs> in Middlebury, came yeah. back home with all kinds of chewing gum, we oh. set it in the half-heart trap. <laughs> They got the gum. Oh, good, good. They left. <laughs> and they left. <laughs> yeah. So we that, went. That thank you note wasn't there, though, right? <laughs> chewing gum mm-hmm. to um, something that was okay, something called repels all animal repellent. Uh huh, yeah. That didn't work either. Oh, they'll work for a little while, but as soon as it rains, it's gone. Or you know, after a little while, it just gets weaker and weaker. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a it's the fragrance that seems to repel them, but it doesn't do much good for over the long run. So then, in Johnny's seed catalog, mm-hmm. I saw something called plant skid, oh. which is basically dried blood. Oh yeah, which they don't like. <laughs> I can say I don't like it either. (laughs) Um, But the best thing that we've done so far, and I'm sharing this with the people, especially the lady that called, you said Tammy? Mm -hmm. Is that her name? Yep, with the Um, voles, yeah. So this was just uh, about a week ago. The Vermont Country Store Village, very diligent in sending their catalogs once every few weeks. Yep. They had something in there called a mole and gopher chaser. Mm -hmm. And what it is, it's a solar-powered sonic device that you shove in the ground, Mm -hmm. you turn it on, Mm -hmm. and it sends out uh, things that they think, oh, God, we don't like this music, we're leaving now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is currently in the floor in the greenhouse, and it's helping. Oh, good. And, you know, no harm done to the animals, no harm done to anybody. Yeah, super, that's great. I, I would say, you know, if people can track that down, that might... Well, they used to, uh, and I think you can still get them. It's like a, a little windmill thing, you know, sort of like a, and it has a, a reciprocating thing that makes a thunk, 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 thunk sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, in the ground, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the sonic sound of whales in the ground. It 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 reverberates through the grounds, and th- in theory, it it repels them. And so they um, go to a different part of your garden. That's all. (laughs) Well, 
There you go. I, I don't know. It, 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 I'm I'm going to keep growing until the snows fall. I know that. Yep. Hopefully, at some Absolutely. point, we'll all have a success story. To you were a gardener. That's it. Yeah, you can't not. You can't stop. I know. No, you can't stop, and we won't stop. <laughs> And so having said that, I guess I will wish you all a lovely afternoon. Okay, no. And we'll just kind of, all God's creators got a place in the choir. That's what the song says. So <laughs> let's see if we can take a, a more prominent place right now. <laughs> That's right. We'll sing a little louder in that choir That's if we can. great. We will. Take care. <laughs> well, the chipmunks have been in my beats, and uh, I, I was a little hesitant to use any of the beats, but then I figured, well, let They're me just. get poiled. Let me get uh, let me just get the knife out and cut it off, and the rest of the beat looked really good. So I tried them, and they were fine. And I thought, well, okay, um, I can use at least some of them. And uh, if somebody has a different idea, let me know. Anyway. Yes, yes. Share and be at peace. Yes. Have a good afternoon. Take care, okay. Nola. Bye bye. Bye. And we have uh, somebody else on the line, Joel? Yes, we do. And uh, let's see, in the order that people called, it's uh, Ted in Ted, Ted in, uh, in uh, Shelburne. Yes. Hey, Lovely Ted. Shelburne. Yes. Hey. Hi, good morning. I almost, uh, I almost identified your last name as a town in Vermont, which would oh. not surprise me because it <laughs> seems that... It seems we'll that <laughs> my brother and I will work on that. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 incorporate somehow. You know, because yeah. I, I say this, I forget... I, now I've forgotten what the name was, but someone mentioned a town in Vermont uh, just yesterday. I said, "There's no such," and there it was. So, yeah. <laughs> it's surprising. I, I heard of my one of my favorite places. I heard of Athens, Vermont. I'll, I've <laughs> a year ago went to the other one in the fall. Yeah. Um, anyhow, yeah, there are a lot of towns, maybe even more than the 251 we hear about. <laughs> in Vermont, I have one question. I have is you mentioned your dilly beans, and yes. I do have books, and will look, but I have not yet studied. And the Fortex pole beans have begun yes. to cascade. Yes. What do you have? A what like? Do I need particularly great vinegar, or just, just we, a, use, uh, one you know, minute. we use a minute? We use a brine of uh, vinegar and salt and uh, uh, garlic. Um, and mustard seed and uh, celery seed. Okay, okay. And, and does the vinegar need to be sophisticated or? Uh, no, we just we use actually Heinz white vinegar. It's my okay, wife's favorite. Great. That's the one she likes. And I bought some of that and some yep. cider vinegar last night. So I'll go after that. Also, just in the theme of. The various lives that matter. I will give a, a quick rundown for the the question of garlic. Uh, okay. It like I planted systematically last fall. Yeah. Well, it was November. It was after I got back from Greece. I had covered up some ground with leaves and a tarp yeah. so I could yeah. plant when that, I got home. That's the way to go. Uh, and and I took the bulbils, those little uh-huh. fields. It's like a mini clove. Yep. From the top. Yeah. That were over a quarter inch or so and planted them an inch apart in a yeah. row, an inch or so down, and I followed them and photographed and so on. And they yeah. came up with a good size, like a thumbnail size, undivided ball. Yeah. Which I will plant this fall. But I've done it in the past, and that 
is just about as good as any clove you will take out of any bulb. Yeah. It yep. is a two-year process. It is a two-year process, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you the first year you get this undivided thing. Yep. And I may use some smaller ones in another place. I just planted the little bitty ones, the sort of rice grain and upsize bulldogs in a sort of a scatter fashion. But even that came up with some things that I may toss into the dilly beans. Oh, hey, what a great idea. <laughs> uh, I've got way. some I've got some at home. I, I might just use that in the dilly but, beans. But uh, to the fellow who called, I would say uh, give a try. Yeah. Give, give a try. And uh, also it's hard to know what seeds to save, but my Vortex pole beans uh-huh. came from just a bunch I found upstairs when I was rummaging through stuff that I had mm. taken off at the end of the season, some that were left and and big mm-hmm. and everyone made a plant and now the plants are too tall and t- yep. too productive yep uh, i know, you know the like, feeling so that so bean seeds and i suppose most varieties are something that you can quite easily save yep. and use when you want to yep. they're not uh, hybrids if they're definitely hybrids, uh, you know why the magic bean became you know a uh, sort of a cliche is that and jack and the bean jack and, and the beanstalk yeah like, uh, i, I my trellises are eight feet and they regularly outgrow that eight feet so yeah if i could braid these things i could start climbing to the moon or something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so and, that's, oh, and also another garlic uh, tangent is that I've, when I'm harvesting and processing, when I see one that has sort of uh, motley-looking root system, it's like, uh, what's the word, anyhow, splotchy, if it isn't the yeah. perfect head of, of roots, yeah. set that aside. You, it's edible. Use it first, but be careful yeah. about even maybe I wouldn't compost it or I'd mm-hmm. put a flag on that bit of soil or something. I don't know the details, but I know that if you see that, you don't have prime garlic. Do you see a sort of a rusty color? or is it? No. Just, no. Well, there's all different variations, but this is, no, the roots. As you look at the roots, yeah, and you see it's kind of uh, mangy. That's the yep. word, kind of. Like if if there's a place where the roots are not strongly attached and looking back at you, yep, you've got some undefined by me trouble. I would say Ted, that's an excellent advice. Absolutely, uh, get get that out of your life and not into Mm -hmm. your compost or Mm -hmm. soil. Yep. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Okay, Ted. Well, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Work at those dilly beans. You bet, soon. me too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <I> get <laughs> Bye. And you have another caller. Yeah, we've got um, we've got Judy in Hyde Park. Hey, Judy. Hi there. How are you today? I'm fine, and I was not planning on calling in, but uh-huh. I just have to weigh in on the vole chaser. Okay, great. So we're back on voles. Yes. I tell you, we heard about them. You know, you always wonder when you buy it, is yep. it gimmick? But we've used a battery-operated one for uh-huh. I don't know how many years because mm-hmm. we were having vole problems with our potatoes. Oh, yeah. 
And we put it in the middle of our potato patch, and since then we have not had voles in there. So I really do recommend a vole chaser. I, oh, you right. know, at least trying them. Oh, yeah. And and you bring up a good point is that when you're doing something like that, you want to be real specific with the plants and the, the that you will have problems with, like beets or potatoes or sometimes carrots. I've had carrots, uh, you know, with it where you pull them up and they have a nice big head on them and you pull them up and there's nothing about a half inch or an inch of carrot left, you know. Yep. And uh, I've done that enough times to, so being specific, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have to plant that in your your lettuce or your Swiss chard or your, you know, broccoli or anything like that, but the, the root crops, definitely. Yeah. And good advice. I like that. So the Anyway, and we we tried solar and I don't know, we just didn't have as good luck with them, but maybe somebody else would, but this battery operated one, we the batteries will last through the season and we take them out and the next season we put in newer if you use rechargeable, certainly recharge them, but huh. um we've used that same vole chaser for I I really don't know how many years and we have not had voles in our potatoes since. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's good. I'm going to have to look that up. A vole chaser, huh? Vole chaser. Where did you find it? I don't know. It's in some catalog. Again, I had it for so long, I probably <laughs> wouldn't remember. But, I did, you know, probably somebody can go online and easily find them. But anyway, like I said, somebody else could have good luck with solar. Um, but this battery one has done it. Is it a, a mole chaser or a vole? Vol. It's actually vole chaser. It is a vole chaser. Yeah, huh. and you you the it's a cone shaped thing, and you dig down in, and you put it into the middle of your well with us in the middle of the potato patch. Huh. So just the top of it is sticking out. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yep. Good. Uh-huh. Harbor Freight? No, I don't think that's it. <laughs> Hopefully, some, some it'll help somebody. It's great. I, I I'm gonna have to give it a try now. All right. <laughs> thanks for your show. Oh, Bye. you're very welcome, and thanks for the call. All right. You guys make the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wonder if uh, if you've ordered your vol chaser and then uh, opened up the box when it comes and. Uh, there's a cat. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little battery-powered cat. Well, do you, you have uh, you have somebody else online? Yes, I do. I'm just trying to figure out what button it is here. <laughs> uh, uh, and we and uh, we welcome Sandal in East Montpelier. Oh, hey, Sandal, how are you? Hi, Peter and Joel. I'm just fine, thank you. I just came in from the garden. <laughs> Mostly doing some late summer weeding so uh-huh. that I know I can find all the crops when we go <laughs> looking for them. But I have a specific question, Peter. Yeah. Um, we're looking at a beautiful crop of winter squashes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everything from delicatas to mm. buttercups to mm. blue hubbards. And I know that one good test for readiness is the thumbnail test. Sure. You know, where you kind of poke it in there. But I wonder if there's a time um, when it's best to wait, you know, like until after Labor Day or uh, when there's the after a first frost or something. Well, harvesting. Yeah. uh, You know, for me, um, it's the color more than anything. 
you know, it's just like when the blue Hubbard are really nice and blue, you know they're ready. When the butternut is nice and tan, looking with a nice looking skin, you know they're ready. Uh, the delicata is yellow with those green stripes, you know they're there. And when the, you know, the acorn squashes uh, turn that deep dark blue, uh, I mean green, you know, the, the, the forest green color, you know they're, they're, they're pretty much ready. Now, there's, like you say, um, uh, you use uh, the scratch method. Oh, it's kind of like the dent method. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So explain how you do that. Well, with a not very long fingernail, I just mm-hmm. kind of poke it into mm-hmm. the skin. Mm-hmm. And if it's pretty hard, then I feel like it's probably ready. Yeah. But, you know, it has to be that right color, too, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so either one of those, and generally speaking, your squash vines will die. You know, they're gonna they're gonna start to turn color and die when those those fruits are are ripe. Okay. And uh, of course, the 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 real test is just like the pudding is in the eating. Yes. <laughs> well, we have enough of them this year. I think we can do a sampler. You think? Particularly the delicatas are have a beautiful dark green now. Yeah, yeah. So we may have to just pick one and You try might it. just have to, you know. I mean, the sacrifices you make as a gardener. Oh, I know. It's so it's so painful. So how, how has the garden been this year? Uh, very lush now. Uh-huh. We were we did water quite a bit. Uh-huh. And uh I did protect all the squashes and cucumbers under some kind of row cover. Oh, I see, yeah. Bef- uh, up until the time they blossomed. Okay, and that was I, that was for the uh, squash bug? bugs. Bugs, yeah. yeah, and and the cucumber beetles. So. You, know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one thing that I that I've missed because we've had quite a few people have problems with them. Is that that is a good remedy for a number of different bugs if if you have a situation where you can put on um, the row cover. Um, and and uh, if you aren't familiar with what that is, how, how do you set up your row cover? We do it a little more labor-intensive than some folks. We use stakes that are about 18 or 24 inches tall, mm-hmm. just square one-inch stakes. Okay. And then we put a um, milk cap on top. We staple sure. one on top yeah. so that it doesn't catch the yep. fabric. Yeah, you're right. And... Um, and then we leave those in place once we remove the row cover in case there is a frost. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, yeah, so it can double for a... Yeah, but <laughs> the vines have just gone everywhere, so there's no way I would be able to <laughs> to cover that row again. <laughs> well, it worked for early on when they were just starting, and you, exactly. and you prevented it. This is just a, a physical barrier for Correct. for the, the the bugs that are flying in and laying their eggs. Yeah. And, and they become the squash beetle and all the rest. Right, the and that's bugs, good. Yeah. It, it works also for... Or if you're doing uh, broccoli or cabbage, or that pre- helps to prevent the uh, the cabbage worm. Uh, and the swede midge is a problem now. The swede midge, yes. Yes, and yeah. we purchased a uh, more expensive fine cloth netting for mm-hmm. the broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and I just string a piece of twine, like a piece of baler twine. The whole length, like a clothesline, mm-hmm. yeah. above them, yeah. and then I 
anchor that down. It's probably a good 60 inches wide or so. Yeah. And I anchor it down with rebar. Oh, yeah, sure. And since those don't need to have any pollination, then the tent just stays all summer. Yeah, right. Okay. And and that has done a beautiful job. And you've done that for a lot of your coal plants? Yeah, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Uh-huh, okay. Um. You know, the kale, it's so robust. It, it is, yeah. Well. It doesn't seem to bother them as much. Yeah. But uh, the cabbages, I had I had uh, three beds of cabbages, and one got hit pretty hard, and the other two seemed to be fine. But um, there seemed to be enough rain that every time I sprayed, it rained, and I sprayed, yeah. and it rained, and yeah. sprayed, and it rained. So I, I did have a problem with a, on a few of them that, that had that. Now, I, I plant everything in those four-foot-by-four-foot four beds, and I have... Uh, Actually, two plant, two two beds that are four by eight, and when I want to use that cloth, what I do is I I use a, um, a piece of plastic PVC pipe, the the ten foot, and that works perfect for the four foot wide. You just stick it in the ground in one corner and stick it in the ground in the other corner of the box, and the box holds it. And then I usually actually use a, a piece of uh, wire fencing over the top of that, you know, the vinyl wire. And then I can put either plastic or the, the rime cloth or anything, and it makes makes for a, a real good row cover. And I have – what I'll usually do is I've got – uh, a bunch of boxes that are, that have the trellises on, and I use those year to year. And then I've got a bunch of boxes that that don't have a trellis, and those are the ones I put the the uh, the hoop house, as I call it, the hoop house on it. But it's it's just a row cover. And uh, but anyway, the physical barrier for those things is a, is an excellent way to go. Yes, and I will say that I did spray the plants with neem. Mm-hmm. Before the flowers came out, when I was seeing the buds, mm-hmm, I sprayed mm-hmm. them at a, either either in the morning or late in the afternoon, okay. so that I wouldn't have any insect mm-hmm. uh, intervention. Mm-hmm. And the neem seems to really make a difference too. Yeah, yep. Um, and the and that's versus you could of course use the the BT, I guess the the fungicide. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that works with. Uh, squash bugs. No, it doesn't on the squash bugs. Yeah, so right, it's, it's with the squash that, that you did them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. All okay. right. Well, thank you, Peter and Joel. Well, I appreciate the show always. Sandal, it's a pleasure to have you call. I really appreciate that. Okay. Happy harvesting. Oh, you bet. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, one of the things I was going to talk about was all of the harvest and the things that we can make right about now. <laughs> we ended up more on the garden fortress uh, uh, subject of how to protect from all the critters and creeps that, that want <laughs> to come into your garden. But uh, like I said, the the pesto and the dilly beans, um, this is a good time to freeze the tomatoes as they come in and ripen up because they then later in the fall, when the gardening is is done, you, that's when you can, you know, get them all together out of the freezer, and uh, the skins slip right off as they begin to thaw. And then that's when you can make your salsa or your, uh, you know, your your uh, tomato sauce or tomato juice or whatever you're going to make out of it. If you're drying them, you just go ahead and dry them now. But um, if you want to make a sauce, just put them in the freezer and do it later. This is a great time to freeze your kale and your chard and your collards and um, 
actually, you can dry kale. And, and a wonderful uh, uh, thing that I make is a, a dried soup stock. So I dry the onions and the carrots and the um, the basil and everything all together, and I mix, put them in a jar and then seal them up. And uh, they make a great soup stock starter, about a quart jar uh, full of all the things you use, whether it's leeks or onions or um, celery and carrots and, you know, the basic cer- celery, carrots, and onions. That's the basic soup stock. But we use also dry the garlic and put that in there. And, you know, so you can make up a soup stock dry or you can make up fresh soup stock and, and can that or you can make fresh soup stock and, and freeze it. All those great things that you can do now with the garden that you will enjoy in January, February, March and right on into July of next year. That's a, that's a great way to go. So um, if you don't have your jars, you better get out and, and get them now because I went into Agway yesterday or uh, last weekend looking for some of the quilted uh, jars for my dilly beans, and they said we have sold five times what we usually sell, and we can't get any more. There are no more. So, um, if you're uh, if you're uh, planning on doing some canning, make sure you round up some jars right away. And the other thing is, this is the time to buy that garlic. If you're planning on garlic, uh, buying garlic uh, uh, for next year, uh, you want to get your order in now. Even though they won't ship it until the end of September, it's it's they'll be out within a few weeks. So you want to you want to get in there and and get your stuff ordered. And with that, I want to thank our sponsors. I really want to thank all the people that called today. And you listeners, you're the greatest. And I really appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. Inch by inch, row by row. Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield, by Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport, by Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown. They're on Main Street in Colchester and online, Clausen's.com, with their Mega Monday coupons coming up. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four to serve you. Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, family-owned lumber with all the lumber mulch and compost you need. A family-owned lumber mill on Route 15 in Wolcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro. The Willie's Store, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground.
Vlastný svít, až 